Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! I'm back, so deal with it. Let's do this! Finally, The Rock has come back! Live TV is awesome. The spirit of Ultimate Warrior will run forever! Welcome back, folks, to WrestleRant Radio here today for August 11th, 2015. I am Graham Zusa Matthews, and we've got a huge show on tap for you here today. And in reality, when is it ever not a huge show on WrestleRant Radio? Every single week I say it, and every single week we deliver this show, this episode, is no exception. Here in today's episode, I've got an exclusive interview, an exclusive conversation with my good friend Nick Halgan of PW247.net, the original host of Gorilla Blood, a great dude. I haven't talked to him over the phone in a while. So it's a great wrestling conversation about WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, Global Force Wrestling, Lucha Underground, and everything else in between. Had a lot of fun talking to him. Now... On the flip side of things, I did put this out on Twitter earlier this morning before offering a correction a couple hours later, that um, today would be the day that I would be airing my exclusive interview with Chris Jericho, which is already up on HenryMote.com um, in, in written form, in an article form back from like March. An awesome experience. I've talked about it you know, at length here before on the show, on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Um, but I have yet to release the actual audio of that interview. Now, it's been so long, I didn't want to do it at that time because I was kind of advised against doing so, but it's been so long, I thought, you know what, what the hell, I might as well air it here on the show. However, but because the conversation I did with Nick ran so long, and rightfully so, it was a great conversation, I'm sure you guys are going to enjoy, about all things wrestling, um, I opted not to air it on this episode. It's about a 10-minute interview, I don't want to just go too overboard with today's show and have it run like, have it run like an hour and 20 minutes, which we do sometimes you know, here on the show from time to time. But still, I want to kind of cut it short and hopefully save it for a future episode. I don't know about next week or the week after because, of course, next week is huge. We got a SummerSlam prediction panel episode. We got a couple, a couple different guests coming on to do previews, picks, and predictions for SummerSlam, which I will be in attendance for, by the way, in only 12 more days. Cannot wait for that in Brooklyn, the Barclays Center. And, of course, the following week is obviously a review of SummerSlam, an on-site report from SummerSlam on August 23rd. So, and the week after that, we go back live on EC Radio. Um, I will be back at school on September 1st to do do the show that night live from campus. So, it's going to be a great time. And I'm extremely excited for the future here on WrestleRant Radio next week, the week after, going back live, reuniting with RJ on EC Radio campus, on Endicott campus. It's going to be a great time, and I can't wait for it. So, with all that being said, here is my conversation with Nick Haugen of PW247.net, the original host of Gorilla Blood, one of the greatest wrestling minds that I know. Enjoy, guys. Hello. Nick, how's it going, man? Yo, what up, Grimace? It's been a long time. Good. I know, man. What's been going on? What's what's new with you? That's number one. Uh, and then uh, renovating my house. Since October, you've been doing that for what ten months by this point? Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. How's Gorilla Blood going? Uh, well, I haven't really been on that either. Uh, I I come on every once in a while, uh, because I don't have my studio at home. Oh, you don't have your studio anymore? Well, we're putting it up. We're putting it back up. But, oh, oh, gotcha. Uh, I've been doing it. I've been doing it at NBC, uh, and then sometimes I can't because then they went out the studio. So. Mm-hmm. You still watching regularly? Harry. Yeah, Harry. Harry yep, yep, yep. Yeah. yeah. So if you're not on the show on a right on the regular basis, are you still watching wrestling or no? Uh, uh here and there. <laughs> <laughs> you watch Raw last night or no? No, I didn't watch Raw. Raw blows anyway. <laughs> so give me your current thoughts on the product. What, what what's your been thoughts lately on uh, what's been going on from what you've seen anyway? Yeah, just WWE in general, yeah. Well, I well, number one, the 
the first thing that pops out, or, and first thing that pops up in my head is the NXT product. Yep. It suffered. You think the so? Passing of Dusty Rhodes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the writers and or WWE brass, whoever that may be now, because who knows? Yeah. Has definitely changed the product over at NXT and. Not to mention that, um, you know, all their, some, well, most of their top guys are now on the main roster. Like mm-hmm. Owen, some, I mean, some of the guys that made NXT, NXT, in my opinion, yeah. are now on the main roster now, and it's just suffered. And I don't know if it's Dusty, or those guys going to the main roster, or the WWE brass changing things up with the writers and, and whatnot, but it just seems suffered, in my opinion, and, and I don't watch it often anymore. With Monday Night Raw, I mean, what can you say about Monday Night Raw still? It's overly scripted. Uh, Storylines are less than impressive. The wrestling is non-existent. I mean, we cheer and, and get happy to see Undertaker come out. You know, we cheer and get happy when we see Triple H and Stephanie McMahon make an appearance, when Vince makes an appearance. Linda McMahon was was spotted a couple of weeks ago, and we got excited about. I mean, these are people who aren't full timers, who 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 come on uh, the product here and there, and we're supposed to get excited about that. And that's what the WWE's banking on, because their current roster is not doing it. It's probably not. It's not doing it for us, and it's probably not doing it for them. But what can they do? So uh, that's my thoughts on WWE uh, in a whole. It's just. Rocking. Well, going back to your point about NXT, and this kind of ties into the main roster too, um, you made a good point in that Owens, the women too, a lot of their top stars that kind of made NXT what it was have gone on to the main roster. Who do you think, other than Balor, who's their current NXT champion, who do you think is going to kind of take over as the quote-unquote face of NXT in the near future? Who do you think? Are there any top prospects in your mind? Hmm. I don't know, but if, there, if, if, if they were smart, they would uh, uh, have the main roster women uh, battle on both. Uh, I mean, that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the NXT product, I mean, when it was uh, solely the NXT product and and not, you know, rush through the main roster like they're, like they're doing now, in my opinion. I like the slow build of a character. That's what makes things interesting for the wrestling fans because that's what that means we're invested in that character right yeah exactly but when they rush into characters now this is my opinion no foundation whatsoever other than in my own mind uh when they rush through characters we're not invested in them anymore we can care less and i I think that's how we feel about john cena well most our current wrestling fans that's how we feel about john cena Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was, he was just Russ Roman Reigns prime example so when you say uh, who do you feel will be the next up and coming woman athlete or wrestler on NXT I don't know uh, because the change of things now uh, at NXT I, like I said I would I would have the Divas and the women NXT battle each other out build that division I mean, it, it worked for the knockouts over at TNA. Um, that's what I would do. I would, I would love to see the Divas and the NXT women just go head-to-head. Well, speaking of the women, too, since you know, in the last month or so, since they called up Charlotte and Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks, they've been kind of doing what they've been calling the Divas Revolution, giving them more time, giving them some more promo time and stuff like that. I think you hit the nail right on the head with the character development. That's what they did so well with them in NXT, and they still need to do right. on the main roster. But what have your thoughts been on what you've seen so far from the Divas Revolution, as WWE is calling it? Love it. Love it. And, and Vince promised this on Twitter uh, a while back. Uh, someone someone came on Twitter and said, more time for the women, more time because someone was a four-seer. Yeah, <laughs> just, saw, just like, keep uh, watching uh, or something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Vince was like, oh, it's coming. And uh, people love it. Uh, people want change. There's not a whole a hell of a lot going on in the men's division of WWE. Same old characters, same old wrestling, same old storylines. Just same old, same old, same old. We want something fresh. 
So when they brought these women on uh, from NXT, Sasha and, and Becky, all of them, when they brought them over, it was a fresh, it was a breath of fresh air. Even though we saw them before in NXT, we were invested. A key word, we were invested in these characters. Just like we were invested in Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they brought these guys over, we loved it. We loved it, we loved it, I loved it. Now it's just up to the WWE to properly use them, which so far, I mean, uh, they are, uh, for the most part, but let's see if they can continue to do it. And the, the landscape of WWE's Divas Department is probably what's going to hurt the NXT women. There's mm-hmm. just not a whole hell of a lot you can do with them in the main roster. So that, that may hurt them, in my opinion. They got to allow. I don't see why any any NXT wrestler would want to go to to the main roster. They were having so much fun on NXT. I mean, yeah. I know that's the big payday and that's the goal to get to the main roster, but I don't know. I, I mean, it's proof it's proof evident when uh, back at at WrestleMania in uh, the Silicon Valley Levi Stadium, when the whole backstage of NXT was filled with main roster talent because they wanted to see what was going on in NXT. Mm-hmm. And there was a report saying uh, late last year that the main roster was upset with the NXT roster or the NXT, you know, main guys over there, Dusty Rhodes or whoever it was, because they were getting all the attention. Remember that story? I mean, Mm -hmm. so if if I was NXT talent, honestly, and I know it's a huge payday, a huge bump in the... You know, a raise and all that to get on the main roster. But if you're really passionate about the industry and the business and love your career, I, I don't see why you would want to move. Honestly, it's funny too because Finn Balor, who, like I said, the NXT champion currently, um, I don't know how long ago he said this. I'm pretty sure it was recently. And he said in an interview, people have asked him how long do you think it'll be before your main roster bound. And Finn Balor is a guy who was just has star written all over him. He's so good in the ring as a yeah, character. Of and, um, but he said in the interview that, you know, I'm really in no rush to get to the main roster because I'm having so much fun right now in NXT, you know? So I think he's a prime example of a guy that really does not want to move up. And like you said, it's all about the money. At the end of the day, it's a business, so I understand why they would want to move up. But even the women, I feel like they didn't really have any desire, other than, you know, to be on national television or whatever, to move up to Raw and SmackDown because they get so much more time and time development, character development on NXT, in regards to the women, too, I, I was thinking about this earlier, and um, I personally think it's possible. I don't think it's, you know, it, it's not a long shot, but it's possible if they could do it the right way. I'm going to get your thoughts about specifically Sasha Banks and Charlotte, just the women in general, maybe, um, potentially headlining an episode of Raw one day. Do you think it could happen? Of course. I mean, what, a couple of weeks ago, uh, didn't they have two women's uh, uh, matches on Raw? Now, when was the last time we seen that? If yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, uh, of course, I mean, it's a whole movement with the women's wrestling right now. We had TNA knockouts. We, I mean, we already know about them. They're, they're amazing. GFW women, they headlined uh, one of their the, the TV tapings uh, this past uh, July. And it'd be foolish for WWE not to take advantage of what's going on in their surroundings with, with, with the women's wrestling. And having these NXT women's wrestlers as developed as they are, wrestling-wise, gimmick-wise, whatever, what have you, it'd be foolish for the WWE not to headline. When they did it back at NXT, taking over whatever whatever show it was, they, they headlined um, that quote-unquote pay-per-view for NXT, it stole the show. Did it not? I mean, it was great. Mm-hmm. It was one of the best matches on that card, if not the best matches on the card. So it'd be foolish for WWE not to. And especially, like like we talked about before, the men's division of the WWE main roster is just so lackadaisical. It's, it's just getting tiresome. It's boring. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned before, too, I mean, in regards to the women, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. I think it's something that if they could build to over time, because right now they're giving them more time. As you mentioned, they finally have more than one segment on the show. Sometimes they'll get more promo time. They'll get two matches on the same show and two really good matches, too, not two throwaway one-minute matches that don't mean anything. You know, both of these matches that we're getting on Raw nowadays 
are really good, and they're finally giving them the time of day to kind of develop their characters, develop their in-ring skills, so it's awesome to see. So I think it is something that we yeah. could see over time. Um, but you mentioned Global and Force... No, and, and don't forget about uh, Rousey, Ronda Rousey. Oh, God, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah with, uh, with WrestleMania and Stephanie McMahon, and she's the most dominant UFC fighter, period. Yeah. So they, they need to, they need to uh, you know... Work on that. I mean, they, they, they need to use it because she was a user. Yeah. Well, speaking of Ronda Rousey, she did a, um, I think, an interview or an AMA on Reddit or something like that the other day. And someone asked her if we would ever see her again in a WWE ring, and she said absolutely. It's more a matter of um, a more matter of when than if, and if she can. I think it's probably going to be after she's done with UFC. I don't think they're going to allow her to do it. But um, what are your thoughts on Ronda Rousey potentially, you know, not joining WWE but doing a match someday? Do you think it's a possibility for uh, WrestleMania 32 next year? I think it absolutely will, Graham. And here's why. No, well, first of all, Dana White said it would never happen. Dana yeah. White, UFC president said he, it will never happen. I think that's all smoke and mirror. It's already done. Rousey is the face of UFC. We know that. Yeah. Uh, she, is, uh, she made her appearance at, at WrestleMania 34, you know, putting uh, Stephanie in the arm bar, whatever it was. And it'd be foolish for Dana not to, not to let uh, Rousey go to 32 and be a part of it yet again because I, I think the UFC needs the WWE uh, it's it's getting I mean UFC is over uh, no question about that but how much more could it be with the WWE fans or wrestling fans for that matter uh, UFC needs the WWE it needs wrestling I mean it needs it and, and Rousey likes WWE she, she's into it and I can see her definitely being a part of WWE uh, like you said after her UFC career which who knows when that is she's undefeated I mean what else can she do yeah exactly yeah do you think, you know, like you said, she's undefeated, so... And there's been a lot of rumors dating back to WrestleMania this past year about her wrestling next year at WrestleMania. Um, but with her being undefeated and the whole Dana White thing that recently happened on Twitter and the whole fake thing and people just going crazy over that, um, do you think that'll play a part in her not competing next year at WrestleMania? Do you think it's something like, as you said, we'll see Rousey in WWE after she's done with the UFC? Okay, man. This is, this is all... I, I'm a big uh, component of... Uh, no, uh, no bad press is good press, or, or whatever that saying is. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I. Anytime your name is mentioned, it's good. Whether it's bad or well, outside of you know the subway guy situation. You know, <laughs> yeah, that. nothing too that serious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's bad. Uh, you know, uh, outside of that, it's all promoting you. Yeah. And your, and your company, whether it's UFC or WWE or, or hell, whatever it is. So I don't, I, I don't believe any of this. I don't, you know, any publicity is good publicity in my opinion. One giant work. It's a possibility. I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see if we get a couple more months, but it's definitely possible. But, you know, speaking of UFC and WWE, um, that brings up a, a great topic. CM Punk in UFC signed back in December, has been training ever since. It looks like he might make his debut um, probably by not late this year, but early 2016. What are your thoughts on CM Punk in WWE? Do you think he's going to succeed? like in his first fight though do you think it's a smart business move by UFC to bring him in given how you know all the buzz surrounding Punk and how he left WWE I mean it was a year and a half ago but there's still a lot of name recognition with him and people are going to buy his first fight do you think in that sense it might be a smart business move on Dana's white part on Dana White's part to sign him for a fight yeah of course that, like I said no publicity's bad uh, I mean uh, what, what is that saying I'm going to get it right I think it's any I think it's any publicity is good publicity I think it's any publicity yeah I think so yeah like I said, UFC needs WWE and yeah. signing a huge star 
from the wrestling world, WWE, is publicity. I mean, just just for his name alone, people are going to buy that fight, won't you? I w- absolutely am. Exactly, yeah. Just to see CM Punk or Phil, whatever he's going by yeah. over there, just to see how he looks. Just just for the you know, I want to see how he looks, whether he loses or, or wins. What does yeah. he look like? I haven't seen him in a while. I want to see him. So speaking of the publicity thing, this is kind of a segue into something else, but a company that really doesn't have much going for them right now at all. I mean, they have some publicity, but not the kind of publicity they might want. TNA, um, what, are you, what are your thoughts yeah. on the state of TNA right now? They got nothing going for I mean, the, we talked about this a couple months ago. Um, we were talking about this on Twitter for you know a couple uh, a couple months ago, how the product on TV is solid. Like, they have a really good TV product, but the business itself just has no buzz. Like, what are your thoughts on that? They need to repackage. And, you know, yeah, like you said, we talked about this. I'm a huge fan of TNA. But for whatever reason, people are just not, people are not caring about TNA. Um, the business aspect of it, it's like they take they take a step forward, two steps back. Yep. Uh, losing Rude and Storm. That, oh, my Lord. I, I mean, these guys... <laughs> arguably the face of the company and just their business aspect that they just brought on the Smash and Pumpkins guy I don't know yeah uh, Billy Corgan yeah yeah they need to I, I, I believe they need to repackage they need to do away with the, with the TNA name Dixie needs to stay in the back somehow they need to repackage you know how they do with wrestlers who get old and tired and people don't want to see them anymore mm-hmm. they, they set them away they, they injure them off yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's in the hospital. He's got a broken leg or something. You know, and you know, come back in a in a couple months. Give it a quarter, uh, and come back, repackage, brand new name. You, we got to get away from the TNA name. Yeah. It's already soiled. That's what needs to happen. The colors, the logo, the name, everything needs to be repackaged into either a heel character or a face character, like in wrestling. And I think that's what TNA needs to do. The business aspect of it, I don't know. We need more wrestling-minded individuals uh, at TNA. Dixie uh, Carter plays a great character on TV. Business aspects, and, and I don't understand this, because she has a business degree. Uh, I just don't understand if it's her or or the people she has in charge of uh, promoting uh, uh, in the in the office or, or what? We know the company has money. That's without question. Now, getting that money into the the proper hands is is the problem. Mm-hmm. I think promotion is is a big thing for TNA. Oh, ab- self awareness, absolutely, yeah. I feel like another part of the, like you said, the hiatus thing and just repackaging the company as a whole is exactly what they need, but I feel like they had that opportunity earlier this year when they took a couple months off, they were going back to Destination America, that's where they were debuting, and it was at that debut show in New York City, it was a great show, I thought there was a lot of great things ahead for TNA, but it's like exactly like you said, one step forward, two steps back, they just kind of go back to their same old tired formula, and the product is good, it's just I don't know. Like you said, I don't know what they need because they tried repackaging, and it just yeah. uh, Destination America is not the ratings. I, I don't. I, I don't think are relevant at all. You know, it's not a network that hardly no. anyone gets. You know, right? You said the ratings aren't relevant. I mean, uh, and I guess the bigger picture is everyone. Everyone equates TNA to WWE. Everybody wants wrestling to be that main that WWE, and it's just not happening. And when TNA tried to do that, it tried to be WWE, it tried to take the stars from WWE, it brought in the old guys, it just left a sour taste in everybody's mouth. When they they did their first repackaging, coming to Destination America, I don't think it was enough. They need to completely lose the name TNA, Um, losing uh, their their wrestlers isn't helping, not signing, re-signing the guys isn't helping, because... uh, Having the money issues, uh, I'll, I'll put those in quotations because I don't think they have money issues. But all that getting out—that's uh, a negative uh, for TNA. So all in all, I, I really think it's just going away for longer than a couple of months. Uh, really getting solid 
uh, TV airtime, whether it's Destination America or, or somewhere else. Um, I like the whole block on Destination America, even though recently ROH cut back a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Destination's cut back on ROH. Uh, I, I like it still. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know what PNA's issue is. They, they have all the opportunity to succeed, and they're not. I think the most unfortunate thing, too, about TNA is that their roster is great. They have an awesome wrestling roster. But like you said, I think the late, the, the last couple of months where they've had so many departures of guys like Austin Aries, um, Bobby Roode, James Storm, all these guys, yeah. it's not helping them at all. And it's not like it's former WWE guys. A lot of these guys are you know TNA originals or have been there for a very long time. But I think, too, you know when AJ Styles left, they started to have that identity crisis. Like, who do we build this brand around? Do you feel like there's anyone on the current roster in TNA they can kind of make, I hate using the term face of the company because it's not technically true, but do you think there's anyone in that company they can kind of build it around other than maybe Ethan Carter III who was awesome in his role? Uh, that's exactly who uh, who I was going to yeah. EC Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't even put Kurt Angle in that in that uh, category. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even though he's a huge talent for them and one of the most um, paid wrestlers in the industry. Um, EC three, uh, Eric Young. Um. Those right off the top of my head would be the the faces of of the company. It's certainly, EC3. I, I'm big on even though he's not, and we know who he is. Um, he's fresh, and he mm-hmm. still has a long way to go, in my opinion. And and that's who I would build a company around. I think they've done a great job of that, too. I mean, uh, you know, TNA has its flaws for their booking of some of the wrestlers, but EC3, from the time he debuted, and you were at that Bound for Glory, right, where he debuted back in 2013? I was there. Yeah, exactly. In the last year and a half, almost two years at this point, they've built this guy up to be undefeated. Like, that's unheard of in today's wrestling, where someone goes undefeated, you know, consistently, not like a 21-year streak where Undertaker wrestles once a year. But whereas, you know, uh, just an undefeated streak, like Goldberg-like, but it's legitimate, and he goes undefeated for two months, or two years, rather, beating credible competition, it's it's something that we never seen before, and I think that's kind of what makes EC3 special, because it's something new. You know, kind of going back to what you were saying before, it's something that you don't see in, in, in WWE or any other wrestling company, and I think that's what TNA's issue is right now. Um, like you said, kind of distancing themselves from the TNA name but primarily making themselves an alternative to WWE. You know, I think everything want, you know, people are just kind of bored with WWE in general. Um, you know, the general, you know, the general fan whatever, the casual fan, but they want something new and I think TNA needs to be that alternative. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and it, when they realize that they need to be the alternative, something completely different than uh, WWE, I think that's what's going to bring uh, more viewers and uh, or more buzz. Uh, that's what I, I, I. That's the key word. Buzz. People mm-hmm. need to be talking about TNA, much like they're, they're talking like GFW or Lucha Underground. No one's talking about TNA, mm-hmm. and that's the problem TNA has. That's. I mean, when you hear the the, the, the name TNA, it, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. That's yes. The, that's where we go back to the whole packaging and things like that. Nobody wants to taste TNA. Uh, bring us something else. Even even if TNA has the best roster in, in, in professional wrestling, exactly. we never know because that TNA word, we can't get past that wall. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's it sucks too because even though the TV product, as I mentioned earlier, could be as strong as ever, it's the best it's been in years. But because it's TNA, people will just, you know, it'll bring back memories of when it was shit, you know, when during the Hogan era and the Bischoff era. You know, it just uh. has that bad stench to it. You know what I mean? And look, they have the Wolves, one of the greatest tag teams in professional wrestling right yeah. now. Yep. It's a great roster. You know, <laughs> we said it. it's a great roster they have over there, but it's still TNA. Yep. <laughs> no matter what you say, it's still TNA. Exactly. That's why they just got to get rid of the name completely and hopefully repackage and hopefully that's something they take into consideration, um, especially after they might get kicked off Destination America by next month. I don't know how true those rumors are, but I guess we'll find out in... Uh, in the next month or so. But you mentioned Lucha Underground. And, you know, speaking of alternative, that is what I think is the ultimate alternative 
to WWE. They are completely different in every sense, and that's what makes them so great. Have you caught on to that show at all? Have you seen any of it? I'll go even further. You said the ultimate alternative. It is the best thing in professional wrestling. Absolutely right agreed. I agree. Yep. The, uh, the, the WWE is neither sports nor entertainment, in my opinion. TNA is where it is. Uh, Lucha Underground is professional wrestling. When I saw Ultimate Lucha this past week, whatever oh, it was. Amazing, yeah. It reminded me of why I started watching wrestling back in the 80s on WWE. It reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. That's what I took away from watching Ultimate Lucha. This is why I started watching wrestling. Um, I, I can get past the comic book stuff that they have in the back, in, in, you know, the backstages and things like that and, just, and, and focus on the wrestling. I loved every bit of it. When you can hear the commentators, you know, moaning and growing like, oh, look at that, oh, you know, doing that type of stuff. Yeah. While still calling the matches, they're fans. They're loving it. And that's that's exactly what I was doing at home. I can relate to that. Yeah. I can relate to it. And if I can relate to something, you got me. Mm-hmm. And I think they have, if you give Lutz Underground a chance, uh, you know, go in there, you know, not thinking WWE or TNA, you're going to walk away saying this is the best thing in pro wrestling. And I've heard fans of WWE, you know, long, you know, uh, long-time fans of WWE, long-time fans of professional wrestling, who, who wouldn't give Lucha Underground, who wouldn't give TNA, who wouldn't give any other indie, independent wrestling uh, promotion a chance, who watch Lucha Underground, and they, they're, saying, they're all saying the same thing. This is the best wrestling promotion that's out there. It's even better than NXT now. It is, yeah. It's just the best thing that's going for professional wrestling. It's awesome, too, because the, the, the in-ring action week to week is just so exceptional. It's, but it's not only the matches, either, because the Ring of Honor has great action, too. But what I think makes, makes Lucha Underground so great is that, going back to the whole TNA-WWE discussion, they know exactly what they are, and they stay true to that. You know, even the corny stuff and the backstage stuff, you'll see, you know, Drago, you know, blow up in a smoke of fire backstage, but but they know what they are, you know? It's the, they're, on their, they're, on, they're in their own little universe, and it's like, that's, you know, reality TV is tough enough in Total Divas. That, you know, not that shit. This is what reality TV is, you know? They know exactly yeah. what they are. And that's why it works so perfectly. And you go to a guy like Dario Cueto, the authority figure for that promotion. He's a guy that had no wrestling experience whatsoever. He's just an amazing actor. And he fits so damn well in that role. It's amazing. You know, every aspect of that show is so great to watch. And there are people out there, unfortunately, that won't give it a chance because they're so used to the the, the, the tried and true WWE or the tried and true TNA or whatever. They won't give any other promotion a chance, but... I think no. it's just kind of getting the, the word out there that it's so great. And, and here's another thing on Coyle. I bet he doesn't focus. I, I bet he lets someone else focus on the wrestling aspect. Let him handle the promotion and, and getting the word out yeah. uh, for uh, Lucha Underground. But anything wrestling-related, storyline-related on, on what the wrestlers should do, you know, the, the, the whole performance inside the ring, I bet he doesn't even touch it. No, not at all, I'm sure, yeah. He doesn't know. Yeah. He doesn't know anything about it. And that's what a great promoter would do. Bring in people who know what they are doing, and you keep your nose out of it. Do what you know. And that's either paying the bills or, or the business aspect, promoting, and whatnot. And, and that's why, like you said, they know who they are. And they're not trying to be anybody else. You take it for what it is, or you don't take it at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking it. It's great. That's why, you know, people will say like, oh, you know, um, what, it was a couple months ago, I think, when they killed off one of the characters, a part of the crew, and they fed him to Matanza or whatever, um, you know, an actual death in pro wrestling. Like, they didn't show it, obviously, but it, it was referenced to, but it's like, you know, people, there weren't many complaints, but there were some people like, oh, why would they do that? It's inappropriate, whatever. It's not wrestling-oriented, whatever. But they know what they are, and that's something that you would see on a soap opera or something like that, and WWE kind of has, you know, glimpses of greatness when it comes to that kind of stuff, but then they'll go back to being, uh, you know, comedy or what. They just don't know exactly what they are. They're pro wrestling. Are they sports entertainment? Pro wrestling is a dirty word. You know, 
Pro Lucha Underground is not a wrestling promotion because they don't do live events other than their TV tapings. They don't sell merchandise. Right. It's just a TV show um, that just happens to feature wrestling, and that's why it's it's funny because it happens to be the greatest thing in wrestling right now. Um, that's why it's awesome. But you mentioned Ultimate Lucha it happened last week. I watched it as well. What were your thoughts on the show? I thought that show was phenomenal, start to finish, both part one and part two, but part two last week. You know, Mundo and Patron, Vampiro and Pentagon was exceptional. I thought that the storytelling and the big reveal with Vampiro being the master was great. I mean, that was really yeah. good. What were your that thoughts on the show? Was it? Yeah, oh, fantastic. Yeah, what were your thoughts on it? Uh, like I said, I, I, I walked away from it you know, this is why I I got into to wrestling. Uh, this is why I got into watching wrestling. I, I loved every bit of it from the start uh, to the end. Like I said, I, I can I can I can get away from the backstage drama part of it, but like you said, we know what it is, and uh, I can focus on on the wrestling aspect of it. And it was good. Uh, my favorite was the the Van Pearl. Uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, that was good. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. It, it reminds me of the 80s, WWE, 80s, early 90s, uh, WWE, the characters, um, storylines. It was good. That was one hell of a storyline, man. I, I enjoyed every bit of it. Every bit. Loved it. I think the best part about it, too, is that... And you also have some former creative writers. I know Chris Joseph. I've had him here on the show before. I talked to him back in February. He's a former creative writer for WWE. He's one of the executive producers, I believe, for um, for Lucha Underground. And, you know, they provide so much... They, they, they kind of provide the, the wrestling... Um, portion of the show. And like you said, they, you know, Dario Cueto kind of focuses on his part, on the acting. That's why everyone plays their part so well. But I think the best part about um, Lucha Underground is that they don't have any logic op- logic op- gaps like in WWE. Like, oh, what happened that time? Or I don't even remember what happened three weeks ago. In Lucha Underground, they'll have the recap at the start of the show. You know, I think the Pentagon Vampiro segment or that whole storyline, rather, um, is the perfect example. Because you you go back to, I don't know, January. This is seven months ago. They've been referencing... Building. Yeah, exactly. Pen- Pentagon Jr.'s master. And they're like, oh, who's the master? Who's the master? And they finally do the big reveal on the show. And it just so happens to be his rival, Vampiro, because he's trying to put into the test. And they have this amazing match, and they want to bring him over to the dark side. It, it's logical, too. That's one of the biggest flaws or one of the biggest gripes that people have with WWE, myself included. Like, that doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make sense. Everything in Lucha Underground ties so smoothly that everything's integrated. You know, it all makes sense. And that big wrap-up at the end of the show um, when they showed where everyone goes next was awesome. You know, I think it's one of the best parts about that program. And wrestling is... Uh, when we watch professional wrestling, it's not the wrestling that we're watching. It's the development of the characters who mm-hmm. we follow. Yep. It's the storylines. It's the promotions that sell the matches. And then it's the wrestling aspect. It's not necessarily all the wrestling that we're watching. I mean, we can go out and watch two guys <laughs> uh, get it on. Uh, well, let me, let me refine. Let me <laughs> Please do. <laughs> we, can, we can go out and watch uh, two guys fighting the ring at UFC. We're watching professional wrestling for the storylines, the development of our favorite characters or the heel character. We're watching those guys flip and flop from from uh, from heel to face as we follow them along in their career. That's what professional wrestling is. It's not fighting. Mm-hmm. So when we look at Lucha Underground, that's what we're getting. We're getting that storyline, that drama that keeps us going, that keeps us coming back. It's not the wrestling. That's the thing, too, because like I said earlier, Ring of Honor has that down. They have the great wrestling, some of the best wrestling in the world, but their program on Destination America, like you said, they have a great block of TV. They have TNA, then Ring of Honor right afterwards. But I watch Ring of Honor. I've only been watching it for about a year or two now, but I've noticed that it's not an episodic program, meaning that in like in one episode, they'll have a couple good matches, but the next week, that stuff won't even be referenced, or it's you know just a bunch yeah. of new matches that don't really mean anything. They're really good matches, but it doesn't mean anything. There's no story there. And that's why I think Lucha Underground and, you know, like like you said, pro wrestling 
is not only about the matches, it's much more than that. Those kind of come next. It's more about wrestling being a never-ending story, which is was what what you know intrigues me and a lot so many other people that are fans of the business that it's a story that never really ends, and that's why pro wrestling promoters have it so much easier than people that run UFC or boxing because you never know how a fight might go. The fight might be great, or it could end in twenty seconds, like a Ronda Rousey fight. That's why the UFC pay per view last week was so lackluster because there were there were no great fights and more wrestling. They have they are in complete control of, you know, making a match great on how they book it or anything like that. That's why I feel like, you know, Lucha Underground, that's where they excel at and they know exactly what they are, like I said before. Yeah, uh, a Rousey fight that's 20 seconds, 34 seconds or whatever it is. I remember when Mike Tyson used to, to hop in the ring and, and his matches would be so over with, with a knockout. People would spend all this money. Exactly, and yeah. And they'll be upset. Mm-hmm. They'll be upset because the match was two seconds mm-hmm. and, and people get upset with, with wrestling. It's not like that. They control everything. Yep. So we go back. It's not just the fighting aspect. We want to see that drama. We want to see those characters. Those characters we spent so much time cheering are those characters we put posters on the wall. Those characters that we follow on Twitter and Facebook and things like that. That's wrestling. And I, also, I think a prime example is the fight that happened earlier this year between Pacquiao and Mayweather. All the hype. You know, pro wrestling and, and you know, MMA, boxing, whatever. They all have the same. They can hype up a fight. They can hype up a match. All the same. But it's all about the delivery of the fight, of the match, whatever. Giving people their, their money's worth. You know, had that fight been booked, you know, had it been staged or whatever by a wrestling promotion, it could have been a lot better than it was. But because it was just kind of stale and it was kind of boring and people just didn't really get it or it wasn't... It didn't click, and it didn't really match the hype, and it was going to be difficult to do that anyway. That's why it fell flat. I mean, it was it was a commercial success, which is, you know, everyone knew it was going into it, but the fight itself kind of fell flat because it wasn't, you know, it was basically, it, it's real. I mean, which can be both a good thing and a bad thing, and people, you know, poop on pro wrestling for being fake, staged, whatever, predetermined, but you can control, You at least you know going into it that you might be entertained. You know what I mean? Uh, I absolutely understand what, what you're saying i mean the, the match uh, i mean a lot of people wanted to see it uh, a couple of years back yeah and exactly that's what, that's that too what, that's yeah. what hurt it as yeah. well mm-hmm. uh, i mean it, it, if it was pro wrestling it would have been hyped 50 times uh, more than than it than it, than it was mm-hmm. um it was a success though i mean the guy made <laughs> millions and millions of dollars yeah. made millions and millions of dollars yeah Imagine how much more it would have been if it, if it was a wrestling uh, based or backed uh, event. Exactly. If they were pro wrestlers. Mm-hmm. That would have been amazing. Reminds amazing. me. It reminds me a lot of like uh, you know Cena and Rock a couple years ago. Not the greatest technical match of all time, but they spent a year on promoting that match all over the place. You know, beyond wrestling, not even wrestling fans were talking about it. Everyone was talking about that match, and that's why that pay per view did so well. But the match wasn't two minutes because Rock just beat the shit out of him. It was like a twenty minute, you know, a, a memorable match. You know, that's exactly what you know, um, it, where that kind of promotion and, and the booking of these matches comes in. You're absolutely right, Rock Hogan. Exactly. That's another match I was thinking of. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, going back to Lucha Underground for a second, um, the big question right now is that whether they will get a season two. Now, I think the money is, might be an issue. They need to find funding, I think, is what the it, is what the problem is, or find a network to, to do the show on. They don't want to settle for a lower budget because that might hurt the quality of the show, so I absolutely understand that, and I don't want to see that suffer, so that's great to see. Um, but do you think that there will be a season two of Lucha Underground at some point in the near future? Uh, they should, uh, whether it happens or not, uh, that's too to be, uh, to be determined. Um, with all the buzz, and that's the key word again, buzz, people talking, and they know people are talking about it. I don't see why El Ray wouldn't re-up or re-sign, uh, Lucha Underground. And if Lucha has to go to it, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't go to another network. I wouldn't do anything. But if they had to, I would. Uh, the company is a huge success. Um, I don't know, money-wise, like you said, uh, there's rumors of them not having money or, 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 or whatever. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's in their accounts. I don't know how they're paying their, their superstars. Um, but if I were L. Ray Network, 
do they even own? Do they own half of Lucha Underground? Do they? I, I, or is it just contact based? It might be just contact based, but I do know for a fact, from what I've heard, again, I, not for a fact, but I just want to have heard that they spent twenty million dollars in the last season, so they have a huge budget. I mean, you you taking all the production into account, and it makes sense, but I think it's just finding somewhere to fund it, you know. Well, twenty million dollars in, in wrestling industry terms. That I mean, that's that's not a whole hell of a lot, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of money to you and I, obviously. But yeah, of course. Dollars, yeah. I mean, WWE is paying one wrestler more than that. Um, you know, of course, they have uh, national sponsors and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And money coming in left and right. I, I, I think they can they can they can run Lucha Underground on on half of that. I mean the the wrestlers they have some big name wrestlers on there, but uh, the company is still growing. I mean this is their first season, their first year. Mm-hmm. The company's still growing. I I think they can get away with half of uh, last year's budget on revising Lucha Underground. They might. I mean, I think it's plausible. Like I said, I I don't think they want to hurt the quality of the show. Uh, I don't know how much it would suffer, like if they would have to get rid of the backseat segments or whatever. I'm not exactly sure. I don't know if it's a matter of the talent. It might be just the production stuff. I'm not exactly sure. But, um, I mean, if they will, even if they have to settle, I mean, I'd rather settle. I'd rather see them settle for a lower budget than not come back at all. Because, like you said, there's so much buzz around that promotion. I'd rather see it come back like that, you know? So hopefully I mean, it was. I, I, I've seen rumors of possible Rey Mysterio, which that, that, I think that would hurt. Um, you think so? Company. You don't. You don't want to see well, Mysterio on Lucha Underground? Because he, well, he would want more money. That's oh yeah. One. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, that'll be taken away um, some money that they, they 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 probably would need for you know they can get three wrestlers probably for for what they'll pay Rey Mysterio and. Most of these luchadors are, are pretty solid. Yeah, and there's some still some American uh, wrestling style wrestling wrestlers that can still go uh, here in the states uh, beyond the, the, the lucha style. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, bringing in a Rey Mysterio, I, there's rumors of Rey Mysterio possibly um, getting hired by Lucha Underground. There's some other rumors out there. I just I don't know, I, I don't see it happening, and I don't want it to happen, because then that, that, that goes back to the whole TNA thing. Uh, people start saying they're they're hiring WWE rejects or, or, or whatnot. And you know, uh, Ray is working down in Mexico, so yeah. it's, not, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump from uh, Los Angeles, uh, from Mexico, and, and you know, Lucha Underground, you know, Lucha Libre. So it's, it's not that far stretch of him coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's a good thing or bad thing. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, the only time will tell, I guess, if they do end up getting signed for a season two, and if money is an issue, like settling for a lower budget or whatever. Um, you make a good point because I think it'd be a great get for them. He kind of fits the style perfectly. They might be able to live in his schedule as opposed to in WWE, whatever. So it'd be a big get because everyone knows Rey Mysterio. But like you said, the amount of money they might be paying him just to be there, and Del Rio's another guy they're going to be probably paying a lot. But a prime example, I was at an indie show um, last weekend. And everyone's autograph was like, you know, even Del Rio, a couple people, Mick Foley, Matt Hardy, they were selling autographs for like 20, 30 bucks. Rey Mysterio was selling, they had combos. You can get an autograph and a picture for $75 for Rey Mysterio. And I mean, they were making money off the kids and stuff. They were selling the masks and all this other thing, all this other stuff. But um, I can only imagine how much money he would be wanting from Lucha Underground if he ended up signing with them, you know, if they were to come back for a season two. So yeah, you bring up a good point as to whether... Um, you know, even a Hogan, who they thought would, might be a, a, a perfect comparison, a guy who they thought when they brought in, who is pro wrestling, whether people like yeah. him or have no feeling about him yeah. whatsoever, he is pro wrestling, and they thought when bringing him in in 2009 would launch their brain up to superstardom, and it did for like a week or two, in the first couple weeks of 2010, and then it just kind of died from that point forward, they gave him way too much power, Now I'm not saying that's the issue with Rey Mysterio, but they were they were paying him Way too much money by the end to even justify him being around. Where by the end, by and not, and not to mention that he'll probably just, we'll go back to WCW days. Where yeah. the talent had total control of their character, their gimmick, mm-hmm. 
And would you think Ray would want that? And I think that's a problem. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I... Um, at this point in his career, I wouldn't doubt it, and if it, it definitely would pose an issue. But yeah, that that is a good point. That's kind of what caused WCW to fall, exactly. Yeah, and I, I believe there will be a season two. Um, they should be gearing uh, uh, up for the tapings of that season two uh, very shortly too. I mean, if they want to get it out, and what network? Hopefully, it's already. I, I I don't want any change. Only a change would hurt. Yeah, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. But also a company that we didn't really talk about too, but too much about, but you did mention earlier, that is some buzz right now kind of getting up and going and that you went to the tapings, Global Force Wrestling. So oh, yeah. for, first and foremost, how was the show that you went to a couple weeks ago? It was uh, four to 5,000 people, first TV taping for the company. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, the buzz, even, even in the arena, was... Uh, uh, <laughs> dude, I loved every of it from from I mean we did a, we did a pre-show there mm-hmm. and uh, the line was uh, down there wrapped around uh, you know the whole entrance part of it. and they just kept coming the kids kept fouling in and it was like when is it going to stop so we can get in there to, to watch the show and much like uh, the TNA uh, well uh, I'm not going to say much like TNA when, when I went to the Bound for Glory for TNA uh they had a hard camera and it wasn't many people there so they fed most people on the TV side so yeah. the TV can pick them up yeah it didn't on look too good yeah. Arena, it yeah. was just bare I mean it was hardly anybody mm-hmm. it wasn't the case for uh, GSW really and that's you know and that's I don't want to say it shocked me but it did because this is their first TV taping I mean yeah how did they how did they do this yeah it's all promoting it's all mm-hmm. promotion and and people knowing that Jeff Jarrett knows what he's doing and people wanting an option outside of WWE and what TNA brings to the table. Mm -hmm. People want options. Yeah, for the first time in, in quite some time, we finally have options. Because if you don't like WWE, there is TNA. If you don't like TNA, there's Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground, NXT, Global Force Wrestling, which will hopefully be on some TV network at some point. They have the tapings, you know, already done, like you said, you went to the, one of the shows, um, do you think, I mean, it kind of goes back to the discussions that we were having before, do you think Jeff Jarrett kind of being in cahoots or working with Dixie Carter and TNA will help or hurt the brand by the end of it, because TNA is kind of a dead product right now? I hope they do work together, and here's the reason why. Uh, TNA is established, be it, uh, you know, what it is, it's, <laughs> it's, still, it's yeah. still established. Yep. Uh, a takeover of some sort. Do it how WWE tried with WCW and WWE. It, it would only help. It would help both companies, in my opinion. When when the, the whole block of ROH and uh, TNA went to Destination America, that's all people were talking about. Oh, this uh, a brand integration. This you know talk, uh, ROH ROH run in on TNA and TNA run in on ROH. That's all people were talking about. People want it. We haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. We have not seen it yet. Uh, it, it, there's probably some indie promotions that done it. Yeah, of course there have been. But on the main stage, we have not seen it, and that's what we want to see. We That's all we're talking about. We go back to the buzz again. That's what people are talking about. We want to see some sort of uh, wrestling wrestling promotion and on another wrestling promotion on the main stage. Can you imagine? GSW and uh, uh, TNA. Jeff Jarrett all in cahoots with Dixie Carter now, and I, and I hate playing armchair quarterback or Monday night quarterback, whatever, or Tuesday night, because they have games on Monday. So whatever the saying is, <laughs> I, I'm not screwing up everything on the show. Uh, can you can you imagine um, Jeff Jarrett uh, in cahoots with Dixie Carter, and they're all chummy now, and then she, she stabs her in the back. He's all, he's in the TNA Hall of Fame ends up stabbing her in the back and here comes a whole GFW run in and a, a takeover about GFW takes over TNA for a week nobody knows what's going on uh, reminiscence of the NWO but this would be on so many different levels than that I would love to see it I think well actually now that you mention it what was that 
No, I was just going to say that, well, now that you mentioned that, um, I think this upcoming week on Impact, they are, I know Jeff Jarrett, was, it was advertised last week on the show, um, he's running things on Wednesday, Bully Ray was their GM for a while, I think he's gone, and um, I'm pretty sure, because they taped TNA up until like late October, like shows even past Bound for Glory, so they're, they're, all the shows are already in the can, and I believe they already taped the entire Invasion Angle, now I don't read spoilers, but from what I've heard though, it started and ended already. They've already done all the shows. but And I, and I said this a few months ago. I have yet to see how it's going to play out. So I can't really judge it until we, until we see more of it. I'm not high on the idea of an invasion. But the only reason I say that is because, not because of the invasion itself. I think it's great that GFW and TNA are working together. Because if you really look at the scheme of wrestling, the whole landscape of wrestling right now, there's WWE and there's everybody else like no one else comes close in terms of promotion and awareness and whatever else so it's great that these other promotions are working together that's something that TNA and Ring of Honor should have done a long time ago but Ring of Honor hates TNA so that's not going to ever happen unfortunately but you know with Global Force though um, I think just with the invasion thing that I'm not just too keen on or that I'm uh, fearful of I guess is that because we've seen it so many times before and it's never really worked out, you know, with the invasion in 01, like you said, kind of started out well, but the execution of it was so poor, um, I think that's what kind of I'm afraid of come this GWF invasion. Uh, do, well, do see, you... that's the problem. It, it didn't work out too well for what, what, what promotion, what brand. It, it, was WD, it was WWE who, during that time, I mean, it started off well and good, but they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, exactly. If, if, if you were Vince McMahon... Would you combine WCW and WWE? No. Why? Even on a business aspect, it doesn't seem smart to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you're spending more money uh, with two, two, two rosters, two different arenas, and putting on two different shows with Nitro and Raw, and then you got SmackDown and uh, what was it, Thunder or whatever they call it, their other show. Yeah, you're putting, you're sending the money out there, but keep keep the bank account separately. And then I, I think it was—I I thought it was a good idea. And then when they brought in Invasion Angle, they brought in some of the worst wrestlers. <laughs> the talent <laughs> was not there. Of, yeah, the talent was terrible. <laughs> I mean, it was just some of the worst performing uh, performances I ever seen as a wrestling fan. It's just terrible. <laughs> I think you'll see something completely different. First, first of all, we don't know. Not a lot is known about the GFW roster. Yeah. Because uh, Jeff has gone out and gotten some, I mean, he's getting talent from New Zealand, Scotland, Japan, Australia, uh, Germany, South Africa. I mean, just all over the world. And uh, we we know who the TNA guys are. I think an invasion angle would work great. Knowing there's actually a, a wrestler who's behind the promotion and and knows what he's doing, you know? I think with the original invasion in WWE, I think the original plan was to have SmackDown, which eventually came, you know, soon after, or was already established by that point, but make it two different brands like it eventually did, but have SmackDown be the WCW show. You know, as opposed to doing, like you said, Raw and the Nitro, whatever. I believe the original plan was to do um, like Nitro, so to speak, on Thursdays and do that as the as the WCW, WCW show. And that would have made so much more sense because WCW, for as crappy as the booking was, they still could have made money off of them as an individual brand. But, of course, as the story goes, that one match between Buff Bagwell and Booker T killed any interest from WWE to do that <laughs> when they headlined Raw. So I guess, you know, but Vince is so, you know, he, he sees one thing and it fails and he just completely jumps the shark. He doesn't give it more time to develop whatever, but that was 01. It's a different time, so hopefully they can book the invasion differently. But you mentioned the GFW roster. Now, the biggest question right now, and I think they have a pretty good roster. They got a couple really good guys like Chris Masters, Lady Tapa, um, Justin Gabriel, a couple other you know pretty good names. But I think the one thing the company is missing is that one big name. Do you feel like there's anyone in the free agency of pro wrestling right now um, would, would work as, again, I hate to use the term face of, but kind of as like the um, the standard bearer of, of Global Force Wrestling? No, they don't need it. I mean, they, they, I mean, in a sense, they already do. Bobby Roode, uh, Magnus, or Nick Aldis, which is, uh, they don't need it. I mean, let's establish, and, and let's not forget, I talked about this, the lost generation of the WWE, everyone talks about it, honestly. Uh, the Shelton ben- Benjamins, the Chris Masters, the Carlitos, 
Chris Masters, Sean Benjamin, they're there. Mm-hmm. This is the, these are the people we invested our time in in the in the nineties uh, that WWE forgot about or let go. They future endeavored. Remember? Yeah. These are the people that WWE got rid of um, that we know and we invested our time. Like I said, so they have the names there. It's just getting the word out that they're there. You know, mm-hmm. and, and people will come. I, I, I swear, people will come. I'm there. I think it's just the common theme throughout the roster, which I think you make a very good point about, is that all the guys there include, I think Doc Gallows is there, a few other um, New Japan Pro Wrestling guys, is that all these guys, Masters, Justin Gabriel, Benjamin, as you mentioned, is a prime example of a guy that WWE never did anything with. And all these people have so much left to prove, and and they can be great talents for this company because WWE didn't do anything with them. They're all great guys. Uh, They're all great in-ring you know, athletes and whatever, they're all great wrestlers, but WWE never used them to their full potential. It's not like in TNA, they're bringing in, you know, Scott Hall's well-known, so let's bring him into our company. No, I mean, Scott Hall would be in GFW, I'm not, not to be hypocritical, but he wouldn't be wrestling, though, he'd be an alumni or an, an ambassador. That's exactly what TNA right. needed. They don't have ambassadors. Hulk Hogan, when he was there, when he was doing, you know, appearances and stuff on television, he wasn't promoting TNA. People thought he was still in WWE, you know what I mean? That's what they need to do exactly. with, with these guys. Or, or himself. Exactly. Yeah, they didn't. He didn't give a shit that he was in TNA. He he's just happy he was making a paycheck. And I love Hulk Hogan, but I mean, come on. So, um, but still, no, I agree. I, I just think the roster is um is great. I think they have a really well rounded roster, and I think you make a good point is that all the people they have aren't just you know um a Del Rio. He did it all in WWE. Why would I care to see him in like a GFW, a new promotion? He's he's already done it all. I want to see someone that has yet to reach. That level, you know what I mean. That's why I feel like the roster is really well rounded. I'm looking forward to. Hopefully, they can get a TV deal at, um, at some point in the near future. Yeah, and 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 bringing on these other guys, these guys that we we've seen in WWE recently released within the last two two years or so, it's just going to bring up negative uh, comments, negative thoughts from haters. Uh, yeah. Oh, the WWE rejects. Yeah, exactly. WWE. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, so why deal with that? Mm-hmm. Why deal with that? Just bring in guys you've seen and you believe in uh, who can to fill your product, and let's start fresh. Let's get this new generation going. Exactly. I'm looking forward to it. And like I said, hopefully they can they could score a TV deal so we could see them on TV at some point in the near future. Because if the shows, as you said, are as good as as you said they are, then I'm looking forward to seeing oh, them. They were really good. They highlighted one of their hours because it was a, it was a, t- a TV taping. Yeah. Two hours or three hours, whatever it was. I don't even know what it was anymore. <laughs> but uh, one of their main events, first hour main event, was the women's division. That's awesome. Yeah, Christina Von Eri, Mickey James, and Lady Toppin. That, that stole the show for that first hour. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. That's great. And, you know, Jeff Jarrett, for, you know, for all the things that people say about him, he has a wrestling mind. You know, he has a he has a mind for the business. I mean, he was never a draw. I'm not saying he needs to be their world champion. That's the biggest mistake he made in TNA. But as a promoter, though, I think he's been doing a pretty good job. He's getting the awareness out there. He's making people aware of Global Force. And I think that's the key with um, with the promotion going forward. When he was the head of TNA, when it, when it first, you know, 11 years ago, 12 years, whatever it is, when he was the head of TNA, brought it out, Made it the number two promotion in the world. Everyone was talking about TNA. Yep. <clears throat> Second, yeah, mainstream uh, pro wrestling product out there, and uh, it, it it did wonders. Look, I mean, still talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not very good now, but yeah, I mean, it's still TNA, and and that came from Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. And when he got when he when he was let go or left the company, that's when it started falling and failing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the roster became what it is. It just wasn't good after that. Once Jeff Jarrett left, um, it suffered. And for as dead as nobody, nobody wrestling business wrestling business wise, yeah, was the head of the company. That's my opinion. And for as dead as the product is right now, it's not like it's always been this way. You know, like you said, when they first started in 02, up until, I don't know, maybe up until 05, 07 maybe, at the at the latest, 08, um, people were still talking about, oh, did you see, you know, TNA, and that's, you know, WWE isn't really doing much right now, but, 
you know, TNA, they got some great matches. You go back to, I don't know, I think it was 05, Samoa Joe, Styles, and Daniels. One of the best three ways, one of the best triple threats I've ever seen. You know, they had great wrestling, but what made them different was the X division, the focus on their tag team wrestling, the knockouts, their heavyweight division, whereas people that, you know, for the most part, we had not seen before, or at least people that were never utilized their full potential in WWE, the Ron Killings, R-Truth, Christian Cage, Christian, all these other guys that were never really doing anything in in WWE, Um, but when they started, you know, Angle is the exception to the rule, but after him, though, the... I don't know, fucking Jeff Hardy and all, not even Jeff Hardy, all the guys after that, the the, the Scott Halls, the Nashes, the Booker yeah. T's, people that did nothing for TNA, that had nothing to prove, they they succeeded in doing anything for TNA. That's when it started to go to shit, you know. So I feel like yep. GFW, um, they have a chance. They have an absolute. They definitely have a chance to kind of start off on the right foot and get people talking about their product and you know d- just devoting alone, like you said, devoting an hour alone to the women will make them different from WWE and be them, you know, as Lucha Underground succeeded in doing, make them seen as an alternative in the eyes of the fans. Anyway, though, before we go off the air, anything you'd like to plug? The website, Gorilla Blood, anything else? Well, you can uh, catch me on Twitter, which I rarely use, but I'm there. It's BXB Nick, BXB N-I-C-K Nick, BXB Nick, and of course, Gorilla Blood. Uh, Tuesday nights, right after your show. You're on uh, PW247, NEC. Sounds good, man. Thanks again for coming on. Always great talking to you. Always, my man. I love talking to you, too. No problem, dude. I'll definitely catch you down the road, and uh, hopefully we can get you on the show at some point in the near future. Of course. Let's do it. Sounds good, man. Have a great one. I'll talk to you soon. Once again, big thanks to Nick for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. We were trying to plan that podcast for a really long time. Just conflicting schedules kind of prevented it from happening. But it was a great time. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it as much as I did talking to him. Um, But that being said, though, next week we got a big SummerSlam prediction panel. Or even before I mention that, um, we didn't talk much about Raw. We kind of talked a little bit about WWE at the start of the podcast. But my full thoughts on Raw, you can you know check it out right here on this very website, nextdaywrestling.net, where I do Raw reviews every single week. I've been doing them since 2011. It's been a long time going. We'll continue to do it for a long time in the future. But also we talked about, I gave my in-depth thoughts on Raw on John's video blog, who I hung out with on Monday night and Tuesday morning, earlier this morning. I um, had a great time, you know, just hanging out with him, watching Raw, watching Jericho's DVD, doing some beast booking in SmackDown vs. Raw 2007 in general manager mode for the PlayStation 2. Um, we did that on Tuesday morning, but last night after Raw, or even before Raw, he was in hashtag AskGSM on my YouTube channel. Then following Raw, I made an appearance on his all-new video blog, John in the Box, to review Raw. So check that out for my full thoughts on Raw, as well as his exclusive candid thoughts on the episode as well. Um, but yeah, like I said, next week here on WrestleRant Radio, a SummerSlam prediction panel. It's going to be huge. We got a couple different people giving their picks, predictions, and previews for next week's or you know SummerSlam in just 12 days from now. It's going to be awesome. And the week after that, SummerSlam review, September 1st, WrestleRant Radio is back live on EC Radio only on Endicott Campus, right here on WrestleRant Radio. So with all that being said, guys, you guys can find me on the Twitter at WrestleRant. Find me on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Graham.GSM.Matthews. Be sure to check me out on YouTube at YouTube.com backslash C backslash Graham.GSM.Matthews. And also listen to WrestleRant Radio, this very show, on this very website, NextAirWrestling.net, every single Tuesday. So with all that being said, guys, hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode. Have a great rest of your week. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews, and I'll catch you folks down the road. Yeah.